This is Chris, recording an intro for episode 7 of Let's Chat. Quick disclaimer, I am recording this solo, so the audio will be much better for the episode, I promise. I wanted to provide a little context for this episode. Mike and I have not recorded in a few weeks, and we haven't really hung out at all, and uh, a lot of stuff happened in our lives that kind of prevented us from meeting, and our intention was to get together and just catch up and have a good time, and our episode just took such a turn. We, um, Mike shared some personal information. He suffered a loss of someone he knew that he was close with, and we just went from there. It got dark or deep. Uh, I haven't listened to the episode yet, so I hope it came out great. In that three-week period, I just wanted to let everyone know what did happen for me is I became an uncle, and I couldn't be any happier. Congratulations to Aaron and Heather on their beautiful son, Benjamin. My wife and I got to visit them on his third day of life, and it was just such an incredible experience to see a newborn and my brother become a father, my sister-in-law become a mother, my wife become an aunt, my parents became grandparents, my grandparents became great-grandparents, or my grandmothers that are still around, and it was just such a wonderful experience, and we got to see him a couple times since, and got to go down and my great, see my grandmothers with him, and my aunts, and my uncles, and the family, and it's just such a great experience. But also during that three weeks, it snowed a ton, and that's one reason we couldn't record. Mike and I would try to record, and there'd be parking bans, or we'd have a guest schedule that we couldn't make it work because of the snow. It was just a nightmare. Um, we have been receiving some pr pretty positive feedback, and it's been really wonderful, and thank you so much. If you have any uh, love or hate mail you want to send us, shoot us an email at letschat233 at gmail.com, and always like us on facebook.com slash letuschat. We will have some theme music coming up hopefully for the next episode, and I think we'll be having some big news coming up pretty soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. And we're back. Finally. Yeah, uh, It's been a while. Basically, we're going to catch up on this episode. Me and Mike haven't seen each other in a few weeks as... Life gets in the way, as Mike has said earlier on Facebook.com. Dot com. <laughs> yes, it's new. Remember when remember when the internet was first oh, around and people had to do every time you type in a website you would type in http colon slash slash www dot whatever and people thought that's that's the way you had to do it and now they realize you don't have to anymore. <laughs> it took me years to realize that. There's probably some old people out there who still think that. It's like they just had a revelation. I remember going to the movies and being like, oh my god, there's a, there's an internet site for everything nowadays. Like you'd hear that from I, everybody. I always remember on TV when there would be a commercial for AOL, they would say AOL keyword. AOL keyword. And not realizing that a keyword is just a word you type into the search box. So did you have an AIM name? Because we met each other after oh the AIM. Oh my god. What was your AIM name? Is it? Purple Haze 1990. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix and, and you are born in 1990. I was so cool, right? Are you born in 1990? Yeah. Everyone used to do that. Like, yeah. you, if, if people have a number after their name, a lot of the time it's their birthday. Mine was at random. I had two. But then oh, I had... Oh, man. A, it's taking me back to uh, high school, middle school. Then I had one... God, we had AOL when I was really young. We had Max. I was CR Video Man because I liked video games. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had some other stuff, but then the last one, um, screen am I used? Which I don't ever deleted AIM, so I don't know how that works. I was <laughs> Ruffy ten ninety two, which I kind of still use for everything. Mm. And I was just explaining to Victoria the other night. She asked how I got the nickname Ruffy, and it's the most uninteresting story. So why not share it with people if they're still listening? Why not? I was at a gas station 
in a, at a mobile station with my friend Ryan, who you've met, and I was holding the bag of Ruffles potato chips, and then he's like, Ruffles! And then it just kind of turned into Ruffy. Is that a true story? A hundred percent. It's not even fun. That's exactly, I was just holding the bag of chips. Well, it's the best story I've heard all day, <laughs> for what that's worth. Pretty slow day. Well, we could tell the funny story of we were going to record like two hours ago, an hour ago, and I forgot to get shredded cheddar cheese, so we had to run out to the bodega and get some. <laughs> well, you did it for it. That's what uh, married life is like. So where have you been the last three weeks, and let's see where we've been. Uh, I took a lot of time, a little time off of work, uh, as did the girlfriend, uh, although that was actually a coincidence. but um, You didn't plan that? No. Um, I kept it a secret from her on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it's like, no, but, um, what if she listens? Yeah, I took a little time off of work, and mm-hmm. um, we don't mention where you and I work, uh, but there was a death um <clears throat> one of my clients. Yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't go too much into detail, just for like... The media was actually up on it. Just for like confidentiality. Yeah, um, but still, the, the story of it really is like... You lost someone, and that fucking sucks. Right, yeah. And you had to go through the process. Is that the first time you've known someone that died? No, I've had... It's funny. I've had, like, a few family members that have died and stuff, Um, but this one hit me particularly hard. It's someone you Uh, saw Because it was in a different capacity. Yeah, and you don't escape it when you're at work. Right. I mean, like, when anything... No, I know, because if it happens at work, you have to go back and punch in, you know? Always the reminder. So... And then everyone is there. And everyone in our end has been... Very nice about it, but like, well, you also spent a lot more time with that person than I work with people, so like, you definitely knew him a lot. You had a few people in your in your office. Yeah, it's it's sad, but not to the same extent because you don't know them as well, so Mm -hmm. it is like really sad. But I don't think it affected me nearly in the same way because it's just like a lot of the time they're not even people I know, and like it it really is. It's hard, but doesn't that sound selfish too? Like the levels of death. Oh, the like the um. The stages of mourning? Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, but like, you know, when someone, like a celebrity dies, you can feel bad. But then when someone you know, like, it just death at every level of how your relationship is will affect you. Can I go off yeah. on a short tangent? Wow, we got nothing else to do. Uh, uh, if you ever listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, he has a guest on a lot um, whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin has a podcast called um, Hardcore History. It's an incredible show if you, you guys, mentioned if, it. if you listeners are interested. And he did a five-part series on – I'm going somewhere with this. Don't worry. Uh, he did a five-part series on um, Wrath of the – called Wrath of the Khans. It Star Trek? The, the story of Genghis Khan. Never mind. And the Mongols. And um, he was talking about, like, death and how – in this in episode one of the series, Wrath of the Khans, he was talking about – how many people Genghis Khan killed and his Mongol army, like over a million people, like an insane number of people, but we can read it. He was talking about how we can read about it now in the history books and not feel anything for those people. And he said that he quoted someone. I don't know who the quote was from. He said, one death is a statistic, a million deaths. No, I'm sorry. A million deaths is a statistic. One death is a tragedy. If you know somebody closely, it's tragic when when they die. And like people who are alive now, who had like family in the Holocaust, etc., whatever, grandparents or whatever, they can relate. They they are more affected by it because they're closer to it. 
And the mm. further removed you are from death, even death that's on like a large scale or like it could be a small scale, it could be a celebrity or whatever, the further removed you are, the less it affects you. That's interesting. So you were saying that like, it, it's interesting, like Paul Walker died recently. <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, it was sad, but yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't cry or anything. I didn't feel anything. I was like, that's you know what I mean? sad. So it's like, it depends yeah. how close you are to the person, you know? And then what for happened for you, like I felt really bad. Sorry, I just really went off. Like, no, left this is the whole episode. It's just us talking about yeah. this stuff i felt really bad that it happened because i met that guy a couple times and he's really sweet and you feel bad for his family but then i got really emotional because i knew you and then i was like oh mike's hurting and then like his death felt more i didn't have much of an effect on me but i felt much more connected to that because i knew you right, right as if it was just someone like you know it's sad you work for that anywhere of an agency of our size and like our world you get an email at least once a day about someone dying, and you just – it sucks. It is. Yeah. But I felt more – it was – I don't know. It felt more real. I've gone through, like, a lot of death. Like, I think everyone has. I don't, it's not a competition. And um, the hardest thing I always have with is my lack of religious beliefs mm-hmm. when I lose someone. It's um, – I forgot who – someone must have said this before, but the hardest part of being an atheist is having an existential crisis, and you have nothing to fall back on. Now, how did you have to handle oh, that? Oh, my God. I could go off on a tangent right now. Go about... for an hour. I got time. <laughs> well, why don't why don't I answer your question first, and then we'll circle back to yeah. the question of existentialism and, and immortality. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, your question was... Well, how did you handle it? How like, did, this particular death? This particular death. It was really hard because uh, I worked closely with him full-time for nine months. He was my case. I was assigned to him. Everyone has a case manager. And he was he was my guy. He was he was the only case file that I was in charge of. So for nine months, I worked intimately with this guy. You know, eight hours a day, five days a week. I knew everything about him. I knew we had lots of inside jokes, and you know, um, he was a friend. You know, I knew him very very deeply. I knew every aspect of his life because there was also that relationship where I have a file on his life, so I know his whole life story. Mm. Um, and then when he was uh, killed. Um, I think it hit me particularly hard because he, I did have that, I had, I think I had, I don't want to, like you said, it's not a competition. I don't want to pretend that I was the closest person to him, but I think I understood him really well. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of unspoken things between us where like, we just had an understanding Mm. like, um, and so, yeah, I was, that's part of why in full disclosure, part of why I took some time off of work. Um, and that I just really needed to separate myself from the environment, the physical oh, environment, yeah. because his room had to be cleaned out. And that was really shitty because um, he was a great artist. So he had like artwork everywhere. We had to go through all of it. Uh, I still have a lot of uh, his drawings. If I might just intervene um, without we won't give it away, but he didn't die in a normal way. Basically, <laughs> we don't have to say how, but you know, how sometimes you just lose someone from like a long depth and it sucks. We can say can it was an accident. Yeah, but it, this yeah. was like a. Stuff you only hear about on TV. It was right. it was just like an out of the blue. Like I mean, this is like it fucking rocked your world. Right. There's no way you just. I bet you never even thought of it. I bet that never even came into your head. No. Yeah. It, it was. I got it was eight, a car eight, accident. An eight in the morning we'll, phone we'll call. That. Yeah. And uh, your life has just changed forever. Yeah. But the the nice thing was he had a service where we uh, reminisced about him and everyone was there and could kind of cry together and. Um, look at his artwork and yeah. talk, they someone wrote up a really nice eulogy and so that was like kind of the last thing I needed to kind of turn die. the page yeah and like you don't you're not when someone dies like 
you're not supposed to try to forget it or forget them. Um, on the contrary, you're supposed to remember them as they lived. Yeah. Um, and in a way, they're not really gone if you preserve their memory by, by talking about them in the good times. And and um, it's not that I'm trying to forget his death, but I think that that service was a, a great way to like kind of turn the page and like swallow it and accept it more. Mm-hmm. Like the page was turned, you know, chapter or whatever. Now we're on a different yeah. chapter, you know? So it was I've, good. Very selfishly, um, when I've lost people, um, when you're going to the anger stage, I would find oh, myself yeah. getting very angry at anyone who would be like, well, don't worry, he's in a better place, or he's looking down upon us. I'm like, you motherfucker. That's, it doesn't make me feel better. I'm like, that's why I'm sad. I'm sad because I'm never going to see them. I'm never going to talk to them. I am ne- you know, It's over. And I started snapping at the people with yeah, my family. Yeah, it can hurt you your relationships. Everything. It, it was... Uh, it's hard. Yeah. It just affects you in a big, bad way. And I think part of my anger came from... I was just being uh, selfish. I was like, I really get jealous when I've had to go through anything like that. And be like, man, I wish I can just be like, he's up in heaven. Or we'll talk later. Or the the heaven or the prayer. Or, that stuff's really beautiful. And I think sometimes when well, you're not religious, you can get very focused on the negative aspects of religion and there's some really great stuff. And then, then I was like, I kind of get it. And it would be, it it would be nice to be religious in those moments. We could, I mean, we could go into this for hours, Let's hours go. but I mean, you know, the whole idea of religion for some people, I'm not going to speak on behalf of all people that are religious, but I know for them, they find solidarity in their faith. And the idea of if you're bad, you go to hell. If you're good, you go to heaven. That's not complicated. Be a good person. You get to go to heaven. You're rewarded. You get to live forever. For a lot of people, uh, I'm not saying religion is for the simple-minded. It's not. But religion was born out of simple people trying to find an explanation for what what Mm. is the meaning of our lives. But it's um, it's not that out of the ordinary. If you really think about it, like, but this, but what I like, what I was getting at it, not to like cut you off, but like, yeah, it's easier to swallow. Oh, yeah. That explanation of why yeah. we're here. If you truly believe that there's no life after death, I don't. Then, and I don't either. But, and we, well, I'm going. I'm getting to that. If you don't believe in some simple creator-created type of scenario, whether mm-hmm. you're Muslim or Muslim or Catholic or Jewish or whatever, then the questions are all still there. If you're a Christian, the answers are there. You don't yeah. need answers. You you know the questions and the answers, and if you live by them. You're good to go. If you're an atheist and you don't believe in in uh, in some kind of eternal life, none of those questions are answered. No. But so, but in a way, and I'll go I'll go out as as saying that um, I'm an I guess agnostic is probably there's a, th- a thin line between agnosticism and atheism. I think the distinction is that an atheist doesn't believe in anything. Period and an agnostic doesn't believe anything, but they're open to the idea of anything because mm-hmm. they're not sure what the answer really is. Like we all come from stars and stardust mm-hmm. the universe. I, I do believe in science and I do believe that there's substantial evidence out there to suggest that the big bang theory is as close to being correct as we can possibly be. Yeah. Assuming that that's true, just assuming that that's true. We all came from, so there's the idea of the conservation of matter, where no new matter is ever created or destroyed. If we're actually following that theory, that means that planets were created and stars were created, and then when like stars would explode, new elements would 
uh, be created that came together to form life in our universe. If, if we really take it back, you and I are from the same source. Billions of the years ago. The atoms, every atom in our mm-hmm. body, every molecule. If we're following that theory, matter changes form. Energy changes form. Uh, when a bug dies or like an animal dies, it goes into the ground and its energy and the molecules break down and they ref- they could become a tree. They could be used uh, in the water cycle. You, you don't know where those atoms are going to end up. And for that reason, when we die, I feel like our bodies rot away, but the chem- actual chemical elements in our body go into the dirt and we become part of the cycle again. So mm. in that way, we're, we never die, and we could be re- I, reincarnation is not really what I like to use, but like because a lot of people right. think of like becoming back as an animal or a plant, but like yeah. the idea that that we could possibly come back as something else or live another lifetime mm. or endless lifetimes is exciting to me. Though it's we'd not have scary. No conscious of it because our matter, our right, like you could, separated. you could, your next life, like you could be born as like a six, like you could be not born as a sixteen-year-old, but like in another life. They, there's, there are like, this is what I'm saying. Like I could go off on a tangent about this. Yeah. Well, I like this stuff a lot, but like, I'm trying to keep it simple. It's it's not a simple topic, but like, no, it's very complex. There are scientists who, who believe truly that there are an endless number of like realities and that like you can live, you're going to live endless lives as Chris Revel, where every decision you make is the opposite of a situation you made in another reality. Mm. Like you could be a 16 year old girl in Tennessee right now. Like, there are people who believe you live endless lives. When you die, you're reborn as another person. Because the, I heard someone simplify it into a really great sentence the other day. The, that the people who do have the idea of like that you're able to. There are people who who don't believe the whole notion of like our bodies being reused. They're in, they're more into like the people like religious people, right? They have a different mm-hmm. idea. And when people try to imagine life after death. Or like, uh, I shouldn't say life after death, but like people who are trying to understand the concept that we can live multiple lives. Yeah. Um, they'll often say sleeping forever. They're scared of death because it's like the idea of sleeping forever hmm. and never waking up. Which would be nice. But think about this. When you were born, you had been asleep forever. Oh. And it was your first time waking up. Mm-hmm. So if we're following that lot, like that one sentence to me, like death, people are scared of death because you, it feels like you're sleeping forever. But when you were born, you had just been sleeping forever, mm-hmm. which means, which would lead some people to believe that, you know, you, you live, I don't know. I don't know. This is really whacked out shit. It's no, really crazy so and deep, but like just, I don't know. The proving yeah. groundhogs day. Yeah, basically, <laughs> just yeah. the same thing. No, I've even heard, I, I like little bits of that stuff that, um, because we're I, all, I feel like I didn't explain that clearly at all. But, but we're not scientists, so yeah, it's easy know. to find someone else who can it's say really, it's really, it's a us. complicated. Well, of course. But I know because we're all neurons, protons, and molecules that you could exist here in another right. universe at the exact same time. That you, you know what else is a mind fuck? Okay, so if we're part of the universe and all of our atoms come from the same place, you and I are conscious right now. We're talking about the universe. We're mm. the universe's eyes looking upon itself. Whoa. How fucked up is that? Well, that's not just our universe. And what is consciousness? You know, we finally got out of our galaxy. Or, like, we Chris, have, how, like, many, how many minutes have we, have we been recording? Uh, 19. <laughs> We're talking about consciousness already. Yeah, that was quick. Well, it's been a while. I have a personal rule. We don't get into existentialism for at least 30 minutes. Uh, that's too late. <laughs> well, we, we were hanging out for a couple an hour because I forgot the cheese. 
<laughs> so we went to the bodega. No, I I like that stuff a lot though. And maybe I think because we're not religious, it's more fun to explore that stuff. Like religion, it could be true, and that's ultimately anything right. could be true. There are and people who hedge fun. their bets for go to church for that reason. Yes, that's exactly how it <laughs> exists. Um, and that's what I think is kind of fun though about like the science fiction stuff because even with science, when we think we know something, eventually we don't know it. Well, that's the other thing that's <laughs> so, like a little bit scary is because like. A person who doesn't have faith, a lot of times, I'm not saying that people of faith don't like subscribe to science, but that's part of the, the the scary thing is the people who like me who do subscribe to science. Yeah. If you look at almost every scientist, not every scientist, but there have been some major, major, majorly like f- accepted theories that would like this is definitely true, like the Earth is flat, mm-hmm. or yeah. you, you know. The Earth is the center of the universe. We were positive that those things were true. Given on the information we knew. On the information we knew, but how much don't we know right now? Do you know what I'm saying? What is it like 94% of the universe is still uh, unknown and just dark? Yeah. Did you know that we also know more about like millions of miles from our planet than we do our own oceans? Yeah. They just found life at the bottom of the ocean that they thought could never exist because it's so cold. Not recently. Um, God. I think it was when they were filming the Titanic movie. It was like James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Robert Ballard. I'm sorry. He found the Titanic. I heard about this, and they were oh, yeah. they it went was down there, time, yeah. and they were seeing stuff that they just didn't think things could live in. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the beauty of, of of science compared to, let's just call it mainstream religion, because religion is so fucking, there's just so many. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's get honest. Like, I can't just sit here and talk broadly about religion, because it's, it's so interesting. And there's so many things. Science will eventually admit to its wrongness you know those type of people that follow the bible right the bad ones because there's a lot of good ones and there's more good ones than bad ones yeah for sure but you know like the duck dynasty kind of people like you know he'll never admit anything that was written from that book so and the opposite of science is like good good example like evolution we believe that um at one point in time like we were except the darwin theory and now any modern scientist will tell you it's kind of like, well, that was a great theory, and we built upon that, and that's not what we go by. We didn't evolve from monkeys or have a common ancestors with monkeys, and now we believe more in punctuated, punctuated equilibrium that things change at rapid sp- speeds and times. Kind of in that same sense, like in Psychology 101, you learn about Freud, and then you learn Freud sucked, mm-hmm. but he helped give us this, this, and that. Freud had a lot of problems. Yeah, but without <laughs> Freud, we wouldn't have got uh, everyone else. I don't want to say the wrong names in case someone else. <laughs> I was going to be like, Carl Jung. I was like, that could be wrong. <laughs> you know who you are out there. But like, um, his daughter gave us a lot of great stuff. So like, I think it just constantly... So, you know, Darwin wasn't incorrect, but based off the information he had he came to that theory that shaped the theory we know now. And then we can continue to build off of that. Right. You know, I mean, there are also people who made predictions thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands. And those things will never, there are real laws that will never change. Mm-hmm. We're just still figuring out how those, those laws work. Yeah. Like they, like we're on the cusp of like string theory and like learning like quantum mechanics and stuff. Crazy, crazy shit that will make your mind explode. <laughs> and we're just now like, cracking open this new realm of possibilities in physics we're at like a breaking point right now they're trying to break through with and string theory is kind of like we're breaking bad like uh, the there you go but yeah anyway it's no it's yeah fascinating i don't know but you know we're gonna get to that point we're losing a lot of listeners they're like whatever <laughs> we're not getting paid we'll keep the smart ones <laughs> uh but you know um every time we get to that big advancement we just find something like we just then we found out there's a lot more we don't know like that simple saying the more you know the more you don't know mm-hmm. we found out the oh my god we're not the center of the universe the earth is in the center of the universe we know something huge 
oh shit, there's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Pluto was a planet when I was growing up. Let's just quote Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson there. Yeah. And when I grew up, and I'm 29, so I grew up, I born in 84, so like the early 90s, I learned that there was nine planets. There's an infinite amount of planets. There's nine billion planets. They discover yeah. a new planet every day, and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. That, they don't even name them anymore. Yeah, it's like, like numbers and letters. Z, 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 one, zero, four, three, seven. Yeah. And, you know, and that, <laughs> it's just, it would, there has been a rapid advancement in technology in maybe the last 20 years. Like, just think my great-grandmother got to go from, like, horse and buggy to cars. Mm-hmm. And then my parents got to see computers and internet and cell phones and the stuff we know now. And wait till we'll see. And then our kids will see. Do you think we leveled off? Have we gotten there? Or we're just like... All right, guys. No, not do. yet. Well, I, I could go into this for a while. You want to know, guys? I'm I'm going to share an interesting fact with the listeners. Back in the '60s, uh, scientists uh, uh, launched uh, NASA in its early stages launched a satellite called Voyager One, and just about a month ago, um, the Voyager One uh, left our solar system, and. Uh, it has been traveling away from the Earth at however fast things travel in space. It's like, I don't know how many thousands of miles per hour. It is like 30,000 miles per hour for about 50 years. And I've heard about this. It is, I believe the number is 16 billion. Like, it's, dude, it's it's out of our solar system and entering into the rest of the Milky Way galaxy. We like, still communicate with it? We, you know, why they know that it's that far is because the sun sent out radiation. The radiation caught up with Voyager, and when it hit Voyager, it like made the ions. There's no sound in space. I've heard the it sound made, it made. It made like the ions around the thing vibrate, mm-hmm. and it registered the vibration on a computer. And scientists were actually able to put that sound into turn it into code and translate it essentially as a sound and that was the sound of it was literally the sound of voyager one leaving the solar system because when it when it left the solar system it went through a layer that allowed those ions to be registered yeah so literally that sound you hear is the sound of a satellite leaving our solar system we had that technology 50 years ago and we didn't even know it it's, it, I mean, think about that wow. for a second, you guys. That's the farthest man-made object. Man made that with his hands. And, and women. Fucking, well, Do they I let mean, women in NASA? Yeah. They're, <laughs> Chris, we just... <laughs> well, bye, ladies. But, yeah. It but is predominantly a If you guys field. are interested in that kind of stuff and, like, the Gemini missions and stuff, mm, like the early, early NASA missions, there's a six-part series on Netflix called When We Left Earth. <gasps> With lots of footage from the actual astronauts that walked on the moon and like did those early missions. Well, did we ever really walk on the moon? <laughs> I, I think it was filmed like in a studio. Sound studio. But no, I'm kidding. But uh, that's <laughs> worth a watch if you guys are interested. Did you? Now this is where I wish I was more intelligent because I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, that was a great episode. <laughs> it's just Joe Rogan giving him a bunch of conspiracy theories and Neil deGrasse Tyson tearing them apart. With the one about how the moon landing was faked. Oh, yeah. And then he just and shows he him the video. video. And Joe's like, look at that. Doesn't that look like it could be in a soundstage? And Neil's like, yeah, well, look at the dust particles. If you're not looking at the dust particles, you can't tell because you can't slow. And he's like, Joe's like, oh, because you can prove that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's. Do you been... like conspiracy theories? 
Um, I think some of them are interesting. Mm-hmm. I think some of them are completely whack job, but I, I don't imme- some of them, I feel like some conspiracies on the surface are very obviously fucking ridiculous. Do you think as humans, it's just fun to believe stuff that could be untrue? Either it's us with our multiple uh, well, realities. Maybe because heaven. we like fiction and, sh- and stuff. Yeah. And I think, but, but there are some things I think some of the, some things are just absurd, but other things actually, to me, if you, if you look at the facts, like I don't want to abandon people here, but like I really do in my gut. I believe I don't know it for sure, for sure, for sure. Like a hundred percent. I'm a little nervous. To but hear I this. would say like ninety nine point nine nine nine. I really believe that nine eleven was not an accident. Oh God. For real though, and I'm not gonna get into oh, it. No, come on, I want to hear it. No, I, no I, you're not one of these people. I'm not one of those people, but it's so God. multifaceted. But there are some facts surrounding 9/11 that. Immediately, mm. people when you say nine eleven, they'll just say, "Oh, this fucking wacko." And no, but, no, I like but, to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, can I, you admit? And here's what I, or here's what I like about what you said. You didn't you said that nine eleven maybe you believe it was an inside job, but you're not going to tell me how you thought it was actually played out because you don't know the answer. You're just, well, I could tell you how I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, there's many many well, scenarios, but for me, it's not so much how it played out. It's just there's so many little things like. I'll give you. I'll give you two. Like examples. I've seen loose change off the hand. Yeah. Uh, well, not just loose change, but there's a lot of uh, actual like, facts. The like, burning example, of the building. The burning of the building. Okay. So like the material that the the World Trade Centers were built with, which was steel basically, all steel, even at its most controlled laboratory temperatures. Okay, with jet fuel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the materials that that building was made out of, you could not create a temperature high enough in any laboratory. To make steel molten, it's just not possible. So who do you think? It's just not it? possible. Yeah. Now, now listen, they use they use thermite in demolition. Okay, it has the ability to make metal molten. Now this is a fact here. Okay, when the towers collapsed, the people doing the looking for the bodies for months after nine eleven, there were there was molten uh, steel pockets of molten steel. Deep, 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 deep in the rubble that had been burning. If jet fuel can't melt steel, okay, do you know what I'm saying? That would lead some people to believe that thermite was used. I'm not gonna get in. Like this okay, is what I'm but, saying. It so, gets, but and here's the other one. The other one that that really baffles me. And this is like two facts out of just a lot that when you put them together, it makes you wonder. World Trade Center Seven, one of the smaller buildings that also collapsed that day, mm-hmm. it had a few small fires on a few floors of the building and some windows had been blown out and the whole fucking thing, it was like 30, 20 or 30 stories yeah. collapsed like a pancake. How the fuck does that happen? A few small fires and some blown out windows and the whole fucking 30 story building. Boom, 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 boom like a pancake. I can't, I don't know how to argue because like I don't know the just, answer. And that's why I don't want to get into it because I could talk about it for hours. And look, get, yeah. I would, I actually like to, I know this is going to sound really fucked up. I'd love to believe that it really was just some, I will say, r- religious radicals who had a mindset of their own and were just really, were upset at America and decided to take it out on innocent people. And not just Americans. It was more complex than pissed and off. And I'd love to believe that, well, it that was, um, that's why it happened. But I just can't fucking buy that, man. No, there was a direct attack that we did that it was, we were responsible for. I forget what. Multiple things that we've done. Throughout history to get us into Vietnam and World War no, II. No, um, 
I'm not sure. We're getting crazy here. It could be, but um, yeah. We were talking about string theory, but and now we're talking well, about 9-11. So, here's, well, so the thing about a conspiracy theory is that you could believe the information you believe based on what you know, and you don't have all the information. I think you, the idea of a conspiracy is that... It's making that gap. It's it's Well, it. I think it's... Uh, people who are, who believe in conspiracies are saying something, saying they believe something that is the opposite of the the majority's. It's part of that, opinion. yeah. And I think trying to solve it is also trying to solve with the absence of information. So it's easy to make that connection of something like nine eleven right. for people because we don't know everything because we never will. But what about with the updated revelations of like? Here's what I believe about nine eleven. I don't think it. I don't think the government caused it. But we know for a fact, and this isn't bullshit, this is a news story that broke uh, on the 10-year anniversary, is we knew it was going to happen, and Bush allowed it. I look I'm, The level of allow it, maybe he wasn't like planning it, or maybe he was just being ignorant, or Bush, but I, you know, we knew all three agents of government, we failed to communicate with each other. But like there were reports something was going to happen, and then, then that's, that's where you guys get all your fun information about all the planes were away that day for a training, because we don't know all the information. And you could put the pieces together. There are logical fallacies, obviously, involved. With yeah, that. yeah. But It's a failure on our government, no but matter like, how I, I want to be it. clear with the listener, too. I'm not suggesting that the government fucking sat down with like a sketch no. pad and planned this shit out. But I suggest that they allowed I, it. I, I'm suggesting there may have been some prior knowledge or something there was we know that there's just more more behind the scenes kind of than it's Mm -hmm. just not as cut and dry i mean when i watch homeland i'm not suggesting a whole a whole fucking deep conspiracy within the government but yeah there's just questions man i have questions you know like when i watch any political show just see how anything works like when they're just trying to pass a bill through and how complex that could be Mm -hmm. that's why 9-11 is to a point where i just i don't know because how do you think I mean, honestly, they didn't handle themselves well. I don't think they knew. Not, I don't. You know, we don't know if they knew what was going to happen exactly, but they allowed it. They did allow an attack on the soil, right. and they benefited from it. I know that's uh, bullshit. No, it's true. It's they very true. He got reelected, and uh, Halbert and all that crap. But you know, he got reelected, and fears of power from Madel Vader and things like that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But no, I just, man. Well, I mean. This is where I wish I read more about this stuff because I like all this stuff. I just don't know enough. But I hate when you can meet someone who's a conspiracy theorist and then sometimes you'll meet someone who's really cool and just wants to explain stuff like who shot JFK. I'll listen to that all day. But when people yeah. get like hyper and aggressive about it and make yeah. fun of you for not believing them, or ups- I can't take that. But, I, man, if we could find a truther, I'd let them come in here and talk forever. Oh, my God. I would just like to listen. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't might not believe them, but I – and I – I'm not gonna pull call on his arguments. It's the things like I do, I think like Joe Rogan made a really good point on one of his podcasts where he basically said like you can't. There's a lot of things you can't be 100 percent about, and it's the people that have like a theory or an opinion, but walk around as if no, it's 100 percent and I'll never bend on it. You yeah. can't have a conversation with those people, like Bible folk or conspiracy theory right. folk, but like, even but atheist folk, people who right. But like, well, but the thing is, like, if you're open to a discussion, mm-hmm. like. Like, I don't know if it was either uh, Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson basically said, I love being wrong because that means that I get to learn. And it's like, if you have information that can legitimately make me change my mind about a strong view I have, I want that information. Come on our podcast Please and change our minds. change my mind. Please, yeah. because then I know that, like, you know what I'm saying? I like that. Did you watch the Bill Nye Ken Ham debate? N- I watched, like, a good portion of it. I didn't watch yeah, all I mean- of it, though. At a certain point, I kind of... You can only be a dead horse so wrong so many times. Yeah, <laughs> and well, Ken Ham being that dead horse. <laughs> yeah, it's... what a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm referring to. 
fuck that guy. <laughs> and that's wow, a very small minority. No, seriously, fuck that guy. <laughs> that's horrible what he does. That is this horrible. Is a conservative podcast. Oh. No, even like Bill O'Reilly would hate Ken Ham. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know. And, I wish, and here's as we talk in the political stuff. I wish I knew a better conservative to name off than Bill O'Reilly as he's a pundit and not a conservative. True. John McCain would hate that fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, like he's. I don't think it has a lot to do with Republicans. No, I that think one. That's just, a. Well, well, no, the creationism is tied way. to very deep political things and very in our, our government. If you, Rick. Well, Republicans in terms. Yeah, well, well in the, that sense, yeah, sure. It's like how the Tea Party is part of the right wing. Well, you know, the parties are broad, so there's a sect of that. People people who are creationists were more, more likely to not vote for Barack Obama. I'll agree with that. Okay. And I think anyone could agree with that. I have a Darwin fish on my car. Yeah. Have you seen that? You yeah. know the Jesus has got, yeah, it's, it's got legs. And, yeah. I love those. But, like, the Ken, but, you know, Texas, who is the producer of most of the our country's textbooks, yeah. there's constantly battles in their statehouse for putting creationism into... It's ridiculous. Um, or what do they call it? Um, intelligent design? Creationism they want to have yeah, intelligence intelligence design versus evolution, right. and they want it to be taught as fact, and that is dangerous, and that's dangerous on, I mean, economically, if you, you're you teaching kids the wrong thing and they can't grow up and become, you can't you can't run a tech industry if you don't know science. So here's, here's a question for you. Uh, this is a question that, like, I don't know if the listeners want to answer on Facebook, they can. I think me and Chris, I think you and I, we got to start asking some like questions getting mm. some opinions we've gotten a private message well yeah it wasn't sexual sadly <laughs> it was <spam>. but um <laughs> thanks bo uh what to you is like a mind-blowing fact like one of the most mind-blowing facts for you personally like about the universe or like life like what is something that no matter how much you think about it it just blows like you can't conceptualize it like it just blows your fucking mind every time I don't want to go for the easy joke here, so I'm going to think. Because <laughs> I just thought of this funny thing in my head that's not funny if I say it out loud. <laughs> now I really want to know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> just a quick break. Um, there's a funny UCB video. I think it was UCB. And it was like called Snapple Caps. And it was just like the inside of a boardroom of Snapple Caps. <laughs> and they're trying to make fun facts. And one of the person goes... Food is sometimes hot, and then some woman's like, "You son of a, you son of a bitch, that's subjective." <laughs> you know, not funny at all. But like the video, it's one of those early internet sketch videos I watched yeah. over and over. And it's like food is sometimes hot, and they were just coming up with all these statements. I need to dogs lay that. eggs. I don't know, um, but I like your question better. But whenever you said that's all I could think of. Is, sometimes food is hot, <laughs> or that, no, I think they go. That's only true part of the time. <laughs> comedy oh man leave it in if it's good oh i'm probably not gonna edit anything <laughs> sorry guys no we don't care we're, um, we're loosey-goosey we are literally losing money we're hemorrhaging <laughs> i haven't paid my rent in months and mike and i are living homeless because of this podcast that cost us a couple hundred bucks <laughs> no oh man there's just so i don't much. know there's so many but can i go for like a really simple one i learned yeah. when i was a child that there's more sand on the beaches than stars in the sky I think that was the first time I couldn't get my head around uh, a number of that large. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things, but even learning that when I was really young, I still can't wrap my head around that. That's actually... There's a lot of sand. 
There is. Have you looked at one of them? On, like, well, that's stupid. They look like huge chunks. If you look at like well, sand in a microscope, mm-hmm. and if you went to creationist school, maybe they don't teach that. <laughs> well, they don't believe in Bro. fossils either. So yeah, so fuck them. But uh, <laughs> sorry, wow, I really hate them. You're not like, even now. Uh, you're not even. I know. I'm just like one of those people to, uh, we were talking about who I'm so far to one side of that. And maybe I'm too far to the side about anti-creationism. Mm. But I, you can't give in. But. <laughs> Um, but you know, that was probably the first time it piqued my interest in science. I always liked science when I was young. Um, I didn't really grow up in a crazy religious family at all by any means or religious at all. A little, a little, a little Christian, I think a little Unitarian side, you know, I learned a little bit. I liked it. Um, but I really liked biology from, uh, early on mm-hmm. and I've loved animals. I've always loved outdoors, these kind of things. Well, not now. Cause I like to sit inside. What to do. No, I like to be outside a lot. And like my grandfather was a farmer. So mm-hmm. it always, we'd all, um, God, we sound so ancient now. We didn't have any of them pads or cell phones. So it would be my brother and my cousins would always play on the farm, but, you know, wildlife. So, yeah, I've always liked – wow, that was a big tangent. Yes, I like to go outside. That was the first fact that piqued my interest in science when I was young. Probably hmm. – when do you learn that, first grade? I mean, pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. And, I go, have you ever been like, the Boston Science Museum? Like, I remember even, like, dissecting stuff. I really liked doing that in school. Mm-hmm. Um. At a field trip one time, maybe in high school, we watched a sheep's eyeball be dissected. Oh, yeah, we did that. That's we actually cool. dissected a cow's eyeball. Oh, man. And we did a a fetal pig as well. Yeah. Um, I went to agricultural high school, so it's part of that little mm-hmm. bit of farm boy. Very little left in me. There's that, like, you, but you understand the life cycle when you see that, when mm-hmm. you see, like, a deer get eaten or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the sand, like, I still can't fathom how many stars there are. No one can. But that was the first thing that really just blew my mind. And then most recently, when we was Neil and Joe, just talking about the idea of how rare our species has to be because we had to be on this planet Earth and it has to be tilted a certain way. And all these conditions had to happen for our species to be here. Mm-hmm. And our land mass has to be just a certain amount above water, but low enough where we can't live. If we're too high up, we can't live. If we're too low, we do it. Everything had to line up just for us to have this conversation that nobody is going to listen to yeah well we're too whatever much. yeah but, but you know the, that <laughs> that thing uh but you know what really well what about you what was your what's your one thing that you'll never be able to understand like fact right. no I, matter, think, I think that's a really good question it's actually something i think about a lot and that when i think about it it like makes my brain want to explode so see if you guys can follow me here okay so we humans only think in three dimensions. We only understand three dimensions, meaning we can understand the concept of an edge of mm. something. So we can go to the edge of our solar system. We can go to the edge of our galaxy. Then we have the known universe. Okay. Let's, it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. Let's say you don't believe in God. Try to, try to visualize this. What, is the edge of the universe. They say that the universe is everything. So what's at the edge of it? It's now, I understand that, that there's the concept that, like most scientists say that there is no edge because it, it's like it folds in upon itself. But what is at the very, if you keep going in the universe, you just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, don't stop. What's at the edge and let's assume that there is some kind of edge. Let's assume that the universe mm. actually does have some kind of limit. 
what's beyond that? Are you assuming that the universe is... Um, if it is finite. But like, if I was going to draw this, it was flat and not a circle. So what if it's never-ending? But because what I'm saying is I can't conceptualize that. What if the universe brain? is like a tube? And but, then... but, but Chris, like even if it was a tube... So where do you get to the end? What's at the edge of the tube? No one knows. There can't just be... What about your little machine friend? There can't just tell be you? nothingness forever. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there can be, though. That's what fucking scares yeah, what's, me. Get, like, we... Uh, Chris, we cannot even... Like, as a human being... Like, think about... How, you're right. Think about how rare our species is. Yeah. Think about how advanced we are. The I human know. brain is the most amazing machine in the history of... History. In the history of history. That we know of. That we know of. And then... You and I sit here with our big brains and... Still, I can't figure that one out. Man. We can't even figure out nine eleven. <laughs> we can figure out the fucking universe. You know, um, the Simpsons had um a theory that became an accepted theory. I don't know if the time frame. Maybe they had it first, but it was some list on the uh, Buzzfeed, of course. But the donut theory—that the middle of the universe is empty and mm-hmm. the universe is shaped as a donut—and ever. But you're right. So how do you get to that edge? Right. And what's in like what's in the donut <sighs> hole? I don't even understand. Sometimes it's the universe itself. Like, where does it sit? That's is it in something? Like, is it in that little marble on the cat's necklace at the end of Men in Black? There's, uh. there's <laughs> no. It was I'm a saying. dog. There are there are like so many theories out there too. Like some of I them know. are really wild. Like some of them are really crazy. But there are scientists out there who believe mm-hmm. that like every cell in our body could have a universe of its own inside of it, and every universe, every one of those universes, has endless universes inside of them. Like Futurama. Like, like it's that- it's. Like I mean, think about that episode. for a second. You're, you know what I mean? Like, you and I could be, like, particles in a single cell. Mm. How the fuck would we know? How would we know really, though? I know. There's, I mean, there's not, have, and don't even get me started on simulation theory. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that <laughs> life is actually a computer code. I know. People are going to think I'm insane, but, no, like, the, these are theories that exist the, right the, now. The and Matrix was a mainstream movie. <laughs> And a I know they ripped off a lot of theory, but of scientists really, really are pursuing that theory right now. Mm-hmm. That like technology will get to a point eventually where it's so advanced that we can actually it's so advanced that we can create alternate realities, mm-hmm. and that we may we might technology might at a point get good enough where we can create realities that are so real that they are real, and that we could get to a point where we can at whim like the way we play a video game. We could use that technology to create alternate realities. How do you and I know that right now we're not in an alternate reality that someone else has created? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have you ever it seen sounds uh, crazy, but... Waking Life? Yeah, yeah. It deals yeah. with that. Uh, yeah, it made me think of that. But you're right, because there's no way to prove if you're sleeping or awake. But right. That kind of same mentality. How do you... It's scary, isn't it? And it's not the same thing about God. If you can't disprove that we're not being simulated by another one's universe, how... Well, in a way, sure? in a way, c- Christianity... Well, anyone that believes in a deity, in a way, that's simulation theory. If you're a creationist, mm-hmm. you in a, to, in like a to sense be you controlled, in that. right? Controlled yeah. by a higher power. In yeah. a way, it is. It is a faith. So maybe that's your faith. I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. It's fucking. Isn't it fun? fun? Isn't it fun just to think about the this thing? Stuff? About, I like about that is that we're not trying to make laws to discriminate against people for that. We're not raising money. You and I. It's just fun. And I think and you that's know what? I don't even reason. remember what I had for breakfast for all this deep thinking we're doing. Oh. I can't think inward. Uh, I, I can only think outward. Coffee. Do you have breakfast daily? You, I try. My really, I try to have breakfast. Yeah, I but should. I'm gonna eat a bagel and never look at it the same way. I'm like, that's our universe, man. <laughs> oh my god. 
Wow, how did that happen? <laughs> we just sat down. That was like 50 minutes of just talking about nothing. You know what I like too, though? I like that science is kind of cool again. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that Neil deGrasse Tyson's a celebrity. Isn't it great? I love that guy. I Bill Nye, too, to an extent. Yeah, I used to love Bill. Did you watch Bill Nye the Science Guy as a kid? Oh, yeah. I le- heard him on Nerdist maybe a little while back. I was like, what a cool guy. He was just a science guy that loved Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a really geek. He worked for Bowen and stuff. I like that science part of the mainstream culture again. Yeah, but we're really behind country-wise. And, What's and that? The, in the world, like our science scores are the some, like are not our country doesn't do well in science compared to other countries where we're low. Yeah, we're we really have a lot low. of uh, science deniers, and we're low. And we're low the, in everything. We're low in a lot. I think yeah. we're good. At, actually, we're we're like close to the top in mathematics, but that's because we have a lot of yeah. people probably here who came from other places that are well, good. We have at a lot of the. Well, I mean, you have a lot of tech companies and those research development you bring in. Massachusetts a lot of stuff. has the best, I think, mathematics scores in the country. Which is strange because I work in Massachusetts. <laughs> well, no offense. <laughs> I mean, think of how many like Harvard. I know. Isn't it funny how that all gets concentrated? Though, like, if you li- don't live in Cambridge or immediately outside of it, like that has minimal effect on you and Seekonk or mm-hmm. some of my friend, like in Ludlow. Like, it's almost a different state in Western Mass. Mm-hmm. We make these invisible lines and keep that money there, or whatever. However, you want to look it's at true. it. True. Man, I just think all that stuff is just so fun, though. Like science and. Anything of that nature. I like politics stuff. Man, you know what's funny? When before we started this podcast today, we were like just kind of discussing how we wanted to go. And it just went right into death. And it got really sad really quick. Well, Sorry, I was enjoying a cookie. I know. Well, I hope my brother listens to this far into it. If he does, I should have mentioned that I just became an uncle. So that was my the opposite uh, of where yes, we've been. That's very exciting. Well, you experienced death and for the first time I experienced, well, not my life. I experienced life. Little nephew Ben. Mm-hmm. They're both, they're both equally uh, amazing. I know. In their own ways. You went to the bodies exhibit in Boston, correct? Mm-hmm. Body worlds. Was that hard to do after what you went through? No, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's not gross, and for people listening, I've been doing the one that when it came to the casino. Yeah, it's um, plastination, and they took when people died, they signed up to have their bodies basically like. Um, preserved forever and their muscles their intestines their bones and their organs and uh it was all on display but it was very educational and we did listening tour and it, i learned a lot it didn't even look real though it just looks fake where in boston was it uh quincy market which is in faniel hall it's on the second floor it's upstairs it was free uh no it was not free at all. it wasn't the bodies exhibit it was oh, okay yeah body worlds or whatever yeah because there's two of them like you know there was one of them that had some controversy of yep the chinese one no, no, no. Well, there was one where they were like, doing stuff, and they were like, "How did you get these bodies?" Yeah, but the the, the original one. Yeah. Um, it's it's been traveling for like thirteen or fourteen years. Yeah, when it came to uh, Foxwoods or Mohegan, mm-hmm. Mohegan, I believe I went to it. It was it was a trip. The baby one was a little sad. It's weird. The fetus stuff. Yeah. Who signs up for their child? But it's I guess science has to be very dark too, though, if you want to explore it. I mean, we dissected animals, but we learned a lot. Well, you know, science has its evilness and flip side to it as well. It's not inherently good or bad, I think. It's what the beauty of it is. Sure. Can no. you recommend any Netflix documentaries or Hulu? Well, I TV? recommended the When We Left Earth. That's mm-hmm. a great five, six-part series. Uh, there's also, I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but in case I didn't, there's a really great uh, Honeybees are going extinct currently, which is a really serious problem for a lot of reasons. And there's a documentary called More Than Honey. 
on Netflix. That is that because it, Monsanto was right? Is that uh, it's, it's, it's a the, multifaceted the, issue? I, a lot yeah. of it does have to do with pesticides, but yeah. um, they go into depth about um, the honeybee and its role in nature and why it affects our lives in mm. a lot of ways. Good documentary. That, that, that's that's it for now. I I've think. been on a good kick. Um, I took your advice and watched some. So S O M M about some of yours. Not what I expected, but I loved it. Um, I watched one called The Big Crash Reel on HBO mm-hmm. the other day. <sighs> Tore at my heartstrings. Yeah. I think his name's Kevin Allison. He was like the number two snowboarder in the world behind Sean White. And while getting ready for the Olymp- Vancouver Olympics, he suffers a traumatic brain injury. And um, I mean, it has everything to pull at your heartstrings. This kid's story, his family, he has a, uh, a, a brother with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And this family is just such a good family. Um, it has other people this has happened to, and it just like took. There was a skier that lost his wife, and when he was um, talking about it on the same course, and and there's a little tiny bit of political stuff about how these like companies in the Olympics are just keeping it up in the ante. Like it was yeah. a 22 foot uh, wall for snowboarding, like for the half pipe. Mm-hmm. It was the first time, so you go in like 22. You know, a 22 foot wall. You're doing like 30, 35 feet in the air. Maybe it's like 30, five stories, four, five yeah, stories. Yeah, 30, 40 miles an hour. If something yeah. goes wrong, you probably will die. Mm-hmm. And, man. And then I watched Big Boys Go Bananas, which is a documentary. That sounds so dirty. It's, dude, it's so, yeah. <laughs> it had to be because basically it was a documentary about the making of a documentary. About a making of a documentary called Banana about a lawsuit against the Dole Food Company and everything that Dole Food Company does to prevent the documentary from coming out. Hmm. I think it's an, I think his name is Alex Kingsby. Worth watching. <sighs> yeah, hmm. I like. He's done a lot of stuff. The next one I'm gonna get from Netflix is called the Landstrong the the Langstrom Lance Armstrong lie the Armstrong lie like oh. his doping thing. Yeah, that was and interesting. Then I watched um kind of a short one. I think it was about oh now I can't remember evangelical uh, preacher who gets caught doing sex and drugs and then his fall from grace. It's the Alexandria Perlosi film. I can't remember the guy's name at the exact moment. Hmm. It's on HBO Go. Oh man. Well, I guess thank you for listening. If you stuck it out, yeah, we do have one confirmed. Well, we have some guests up our lineup, but I think. We'll save that for when we when we know. But we yeah. do have a five albums that transformed your life episode coming in the future with past guests, Vic, Jamie, and Brandon. Thanks for talking, Chris. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Let's chat uh, again real soon. <laughs>